This is Power Players with Dan Clark. Dan Clark, welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark. And as you've been following this podcast, it's my privilege, my honor as a former youth athlete playing football and baseball to get in the inside stories, inside the minds and hearts of our most amazing student athletes here at the University of Utah. And I've had the privilege of interviewing so many of the superstars, both men and women. And I challenge you to go back and listen to some of the pre-recorded episodes and to go out of your way to, to patronize our sponsors, you know, buy your cars, eat at their restaurants, do what you need to do because what we're doing every second of our lives, my friends, we're trying to figure out ways to increase the value that amazing young men like Jaquindon Jackson uh, bring to the table. We're, 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 we're trying so hard to make sure that they know that we as fans cherish their friendship, uh, cherish their loyalty and, and appreciate them representing us with so much class and distinction. And the best way for us to show that appreciation is to step up with your checkbooks well, <laughs> shout out there, Jaquindon. We got to get some folks right out of the shoots. I'm begging for, you know, you should be driving a Sadie's by Thursday, baby. Come on, man. <laughs> anyway, we got Jaquindon Jackson. Now, here's the here's the deal. So my tickets are on the fourth row on the 50. And even at that close proximity, my friend, no one realizes that you are six feet, two inches tall, 228, because you're so freaking fast. I don't know about that. You're this <laughs> massive mountain, this scat back, four-star recruit out of Duncanville, Texas, high school, all-American, all-state, all-district, our world, Abercrombie, mo Abercrombie model, whatever. I, I could go on and on. You're just hoping that's true. <laughs> but all of a sudden they hand a ball off to you and you're this scat back man talk to us about growing up in duncanville man tell us about your family you got a cousin who played for usc you got a cousin who played for texas so you got that championship dna flowing through your your veins tell us about growing up in duncanville take us all the way back to number three number one in your heart uh so a lot of people don't know but um I wasn't born in Dallas. I was born in uh, East Texas, Longview, Texas. Return uh, on college, baby. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I ended up moving to Dallas when I was like three. So, I'll just say I'm from Dallas. Uh, and I started playing football when I was seven. Um, in the Pleasant Little Grove. League had yeah. organized football for seven-year-olds. Yeah. You got a younger than that. When you were seven, you know? We, uh, we always big for your size. <laughs> I'll... I was seven. I know when I was nine, I was like five nine. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I was big. I don't know. Wow. So I was like, what? When I was seven, I was. E I don't know. I ain't even gonna do it to myself. But uh, yeah. Uh, so you, when you're a big guy, they want you to play line. So how did you? How did you break into the backfield? So I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get you caught up there. Okay, so uh, okay. when I first started, I played guard a lot of people don't know that but i played guard my first year playing football I'm big 91 um <laughs> so then 
I believe that next year I end up I started playing tight end because I was a little faster than you know. So uh, I, I played tight end, and then one day I was throwing with um, my my guy, Coach Carlos. He was my uh, my football coach at the time for uh, nine to U. So then uh, we out there throwing the football, and he was like, "Got an arm on you." I, uh, so yeah, so then uh, I started playing quarterback. So then <laughs> <laughs> that that following year, I started playing quarterback. So then after that, I played quarterback from ten for the next three years. I played quarterback. So then uh, it's this football football league called FBU, and uh, I, I'm probably, I'm pretty sure you heard of it. It's like select football for so. For the next three years, I was playing running back and linebacker. Really, going both ways all the time. Going, so, Never, my, so six, so six and seventh grade, I was going both ways. Then my eighth grade year, I just played running back. But with that quarterback experience, dude, does does Kyle know that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna do that double pass at least once a game from now on after <laughs> this podcast? I've been I've been trying to get it in, but I don't know, man. I, I don't have no say so over that. That's above my pay rate. Yeah. <laughs> After last week, we know we need we 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 need to get you the ball about twenty more times a game, baby. Hey, and my tickets are so close. You'd think Kyle would listen to the plays I call, and he has not <laughs> made a move yet. Yeah, but I mean, hey, but uh, so then after that, um, I end up going to Duncanville. My the crazy part is I never I I. Stayed outside of the district. I never stayed in Duncanville. Really? Yeah. So, oh. so like I stayed like thirty minutes away from Duncanville. So I'm traveling. You, you say you what? Yeah. Why? Why? Why did you do that? There had to be a reason. Uh, better, better school districts. Um, better football. Because where I, where I was at, I was like, I was in the hood part of Dallas. So. The, the education in the school and the football wasn't really up to the part where my mama wanted me. So I ended up going to Duncanville. And then my freshman year, I'm, uh, I made I co samples in that summer. So I'm work, like I'm I'm lifting and working out with the varsity players, and I'm playing freshman. So I'm, whatever they put on the weight, I have to put on the weight. So I'm, I'm oh, lifting. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost lifting what they're lifting. So, wow. Yeah, so it didn't it didn't happen overnight. <laughs> so yeah. So let's so let's talk about that for a second, my friend. So <clears throat> so you got a lot of young cats tuning into the podcast. A lot of folks in the stands who you're their hero. You know that you're a role model, and we as parents want to be able to encourage our kids to work hard. So what inspired you to lift what they lifted to do what they did? Did you just want to be like them? Did you say, if I'm, if I'm going to start on the varsity team, I got to start doing what the starters do teach us. No, they made me do that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Cause like when I, cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm bigger than most of the kids on the freshman yeah. team. Most of them, like it was some, it was some like Chris Thompson, James Mitchell. It was, it was a couple more D one players out there that was, with the high school with me that was actually big too. But uh so I'm lifting with the older guys and I'm like, Oh, you want me to do that? He Yeah, get under there, let's go. 
So I'm like, let's go then. Like I'm I'm not I'm not the person to ever run from work or competition. Okay. I'm not I'm not him. So I always so where did you learn that? In your home? Did your dad teach you that? Did your mom teach you that? Uh, it was just yeah, my mom taught me. She basically told me like you start some, finish it. So I started lifting with him, so I I was like, hey, gotta do it now. This podcast episode is brought to you by Master Electrical, proud sponsor of University of Utah student athletes. And so what you just taught us, Jaquindon, was we need to hang around with people who see something in us that we don't see in ourselves, people that believe in us and want to take us to the next level. And that has to do with friendship, has to do with teammates. Let's do it. And your reputation, I've asked around, your reputation in the locker room is that you make everybody around you better. And that's got to be one of the greatest compliments I could ever pay you because everybody loves, they know when you get on the field, it's it's 100%, it's go. When you come into the locker room, it's 100% go. They say when you go into the weight room, it's 100% go. So congratulations for that rep. I appreciate it. What do you say to teammates who aren't driven, who aren't fired up? And, and you know, I mean, let me interrupt. So there's a great video interview with, with Kobe Bryant. And they show a video clip of him going down in a game and it's three on one and he keeps the ball. He doesn't pass it to anybody. He goes up and takes it to the hoop. And the sportscaster says, Kobe, with all due respect, you got a rep that says you hoard the ball. You're not going to pass it. And he looks right in the camera, Jaquinn, and he says, why should I pass it to somebody who doesn't work as hard as I do? Who's not at practice earlier and stays late like I do. Why should I pass the ball to somebody who might miss it when I've shot so many more practice shots than anyone else on the team and I know I'm going to make it? Yeah. So teach us, man. You know, you got to be that big brother in the locker room. Even though you're a sophomore, you're this massive athlete, this man – so obviously you're having a pretty big impact on your teammates. Put you put you put the hat on as a dad right now, as an uncle, as as you know somebody who goes into a high school or a junior high, and the coach says, "Can you say something to my to my guys, to, to them fellas, to fire them up?" What would you say right now? Teach us about how that molded you into this hardworking superstar. Um, just basically, just you have to be hungry for it, like you. Like, if football is something that you just out there for, it, then you don't need to be around the people that's really trying to get somewhere with the sport. Like, so basically, like, if I'm talking to a high school team, I'll tell them, like, hey, um, start, I'll start off with, with God because I'm a religious person. Like, you want to be able to wake up and thank God every morning, every day, every day of the week, every day of the month, like, you want to praise him, but um, and also like school, like what what you what you do on the field and how you carry yourself on the field. That's how you carry yourself in the classroom. So I basically like try to you know, but uh, and also like tell them like give them knowledge uh, and advice on life and how things work at the next level and basically be that big brother for them. Like, cause I didn't really have have that. Coming up out of high school, like, I didn't have nobody telling me, hey, like, this is how it's going to be and this is how it's going to work. But, like, so I have to be able to get that back to them and show them and tell them, like, hey, I never had this. So I'm I'm giving you – I'm giving you how 
I'm giving you the juice on how everything operates at the next level. So when you get there, you'll never be able, you'll never be like, what to do now? What I do now? Now you'll be able to go in there, focus, ready to go, because I gave it to you. Like I told you what to do. So now you can go out there and do it. And as a freshman, like it's like schools are starting to play freshmen a lot now. So you want to go in there and be able to be like, okay, I can play here. So now – now that you got the mindset and you hungry for it, you'll be able to play. I love it. That's beautiful, bro. Hey, so you went to Texas out of high school mm-hmm. because the Longhorns, I mean, just, you know, I've been to Austin. I've been to, that's, that's amazing. But then you transferred to Utah. So talk to us about what drew you to Texas and then why as a four-star superstar, you decided to come to Utah. Were you highly recruited out of high school and you decided to be a Longhorn? Uh, basically, yeah. Second-rated player out of Texas, man. I read your, your <laughs> bio. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So basically, I I was in Texas every other weekend. Like I, I, I was out there. So like I We're just gonna let you go, man. I man, I don't know, but I was out there every every other weekend. Like I'm bored. I ain't got to do this weekend. Come on, let's go to Austin. So um, yeah. So A and M didn't try to grab you and. No, I like it was it was schools out there, but at like once I started creeping up on my senior year, I stopped yeah. hearing I stopped hearing from a lot of schools because like everybody it was a crystal ball out there saying that I was going to Texas, but my yeah. options were still open to like go on official visits to see other schools, but they stopped talking to me, so I'm like, okay, well I guess yeah, I'm gonna lock in with Texas then. So now. I'm there every other weekend. I'm steady growing. I'm growing love for the for the city and all the fans and the players. So now I'm like, hey, uh, I'm finna lock it in. So then I end up committing, and then uh, it wasn't going as planned. Uh, so I end up talking. What, to what does that mean, man? Teach us. Uh, so basically, I didn't feel appreciated. Talk to us, man. Talk to us. I don't, I don't really, I don't really want to go into depth because, like, the coaches are still coaching, so I don't want to like throw them under the bus and make it seem like it was all their fault. So I don't want to, you know. So, um, no, you're but classy. yeah, but uh, yeah, it just, I just, I just didn't feel appreciated. Like they, like I was just there to be there, taking up space. So I was like, okay, well, what, am, what's my next step? So I'm talking to my my mama, my uncle, and basically like, if you want to leave, then that's what you need to do. So I ended up reaching out to certain players that I knew. Todd Jordan was one of them, and uh, yeah, I know him. Yeah, so I ended up talking. I ended up talking to him about it, and I was sold. So hey, now I'm here. So cool. Yeah. So, you know, when you when you talk about underappreciated without throwing anybody under the bus, one of the things that, you know, I've worked with so many of the teams in the NFL, my friend, spoken to a lot of NCAA teams, and I'm a motivational speaker. You know, they pay me big money to go speak to somebody. That's why I'm on the air right now. I'm in Florida to speak here tomorrow. That's why we're doing this, okay, this podcast on Zoom. And so I go into a locker room. And I'm the guy, excuse me, hello. You know, I should hold out for a spotlight and a fog machine just to enter the freaking room. Yeah. And the head coach has a bigger ego than me. 
But where the real power comes in, and I know you're going to agree with me, is when the speaker leaves and when the coach leaves and it's peer on peer, it's player on player. And one of the greatest things that can happen is when a starter superstar like you publicly in front of your teammates thanks the second string guy that pushes you every single day to be the best you can be. The under-recognized under lineman who never gets any pub. And that's what you're saying. So when you said underappreciated, talk to us about how you can increase, how you as a player, as a, as a, as a leader, can in the locker room and outside the, the, the locker room, how you can help your fellow teammates feel more appreciated and truly loved for the sacrifice that they put forth every day to help you become better, regardless if the coaching staff doesn't step it up or not. Um, Just be around them and love them. That's really it. That's all you really can do. Cause like, like we have, we have some dudes that be like, man, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know. I'm, but I'm like, hey, bro, just just tough it out. Like it, it, it's better days than than today. Like just just keep continuing to get better every day and just strive for greatness, man. That's all I really can tell you. And so they take it and run with it. And some of them now are up on the depth depth chart and almost playing. So so we just yeah. So we um so yeah. I just try to keep the spirits up and motivate people to be the best person they can be. You're such a good man. Okay, so how do you deal with how do you how do you deal with with so-called failure? You know, there's a difference between the person and the performance. Failure is an event, not the person. But mm-hmm. you know, I played football for 13 years. You know, I've missed a few tackles. I've fumbled a few times. I was a running back too. I was a wide receiver as well as DB as a linebacker as my body body image changed. So how do you mentally recover if you fumble? How do you mentally recover if you if you drop a pass? How do you mentally fire up a teammate if he fumbles or if he misses a block or he misses a pass? Because every athlete knows once the game starts, the coach is stuck on the sideline. Somebody on the field has to make a play. Yeah. I'll keep this conversation alive. So what do you do on the field in game time when something catastrophic happens or you fumble or you drop a pass, not just you, I'm just saying if anybody yeah. does, what do you do? How do you recover? You got to have short-term memory because if you don't have short-term memory, that play can haunt you for the rest of the game. And then that one play can turn into two plays and the two plays can turn into three and it can keep going. And now you got a bad game off of that one mistake. So you got to have short-term memory and just just be like, all right, <clears throat> all right, I fumbled. What I what I and then think about like what can I do next time to not make that mistake again? Do I gotta hold it tighter? Do I gotta do this, do that? So you are gonna be in your head because of the mistake, but after a while you gotta forget about it. It's it's other plays that got that you gotta make and it's a it's gonna it's a long game of football. So you wanna just continue to just move forward. I love it. This podcast interview is sponsored by Master Electrical one of the greatest supporters of Utah student athletes in our community. So now let's get into the personal side. So how do you prepare for a game? Give us the routine when you wake up. Okay. So there's two scenarios so far. Weber state, you kicked off at noon Mm -hmm. and, 
And then we had a seven o'clock game against uh, whoever else. Uh, I mean, UCLA. Yeah. Okay. So what's the difference? How do you prepare? Uh, Basically. So if we got an early morning kick, I kind of get up earlier than what I have to. So brush my teeth, wash my face, the usual hygiene stuff. Uh, Stretch for a little bit. Then I listen to music, go through my plays and reminders and, uh, Watch film for a little bit. I don't watch too much because I don't want to trick myself out. So I'll watch certain stuff that I wasn't sure on or maybe didn't understand. So I'll watch that a little bit. And then uh, by the time I get done, we got to go downstairs by then. So And then we have a later click kickoff. Uh, I'll sleep in a little bit, try to, you know, just get a little bit more rest. And then uh, we go downstairs, team walk meetings, and then we'll have some downtime. Once we get our downtime, we just I, I go through my tips and reminders and uh, basically the same thing I do on the early kick, I do it in the, during our downtime. Good. So do you change the music up? So I used to return kickoffs and punts, and I would lose like 30 pounds of water weight before they ever kicked it because I'm fixing my pads and I'm fixing <laughs> And I'm like, coach, calm down. And we had a sports psychologist say, Danny, think of it like a rubber band. It's loose. And now as you get closer and closer to kickoff, you start stretching it. So now it's full-blown stretch when that ball hits the kicker's foot. And I'm like, you know, and you take off the second touch it. So when you start talking about these cool, uh, this cool music, that would fire me up. I'm, let's just be honest, man. The the, the, the the tunes you were you were rattling off a minute ago, I would get so fired up listening to that stuff. I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> so is there something do you listen to like like religious hymns or something until it's game time? Or what do you how do you keep your emotions intact so you don't waste any energy until it's game time? Um I don't know. It's just it's just within me. It's just a game day routine that I do so I, I really can't just be I just really can't just explain it but like I'll just I'll be in my I'll be in my head a lot during the game like I imagine me making plays I imagine uh me you know like I just run stuff through my head and just play so be honest if you worked on it on an end zone dancer, you're gonna get flagged for at some point. <laughs> nah, I, I got I got my flag last year. I, I'm done doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you admitted your sin. Yeah, your but if you know what, I used to coach high school football, and we won the state championship once. And I coached the defensive line, and I told all my guys out a couple of big polys. I said, "Dudes, if you ever recover a fumble and score a touchdown, I want you to get flagged, man." We got to start working out some choreography. I want you to get in there. I shouldn't say that on the air. So if you get flagged, I know it's going to be my fault. Nah, I ain't doing that. Okay, so so favorite favorite food, man. Uh, I'm a burgers and wings type of guy. It's like neck and neck. I, I can't I can't really just say I like burgers more than wings or wings more than burgers. Like, it's okay, me too, Kate. So I'll give you a challenge on air. Find the best wings and burger place. And you call me off air, we'll go in together and make an NIL deal with these folks so you don't ever have to buy another wing your whole entire stay at Utah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you for sure. Kyle will be so mad. Yeah, you show up to training camp next year at 3.07. Oh, no. Nah. 
ain't doing that one. Okay. Uh, two more things. What's your favorite movie? I think that's so fun. I've asked a couple of dudes. I won't tell you who he, who he is. He said his favorite movie was Harry Potter. I'm like, the dudes are not going to talk to you in the locker room ever again. Why did you say that in public? Harry Potter? <laughs> I don't know about that one. And he's a DT, dude. Come on, man. He's a big muff. Harry Potter, what's your favorite movie? Come on, man. There's got to be one. I probably think I know who that is. <laughs> but uh, I'll say that I can just watch over and over again. I'll say Friday. Wow. Wow. Friday. <laughs> yeah. Hey, last favor, man. You're such a fine young man. And I've asked every athlete, student athlete like yourself, to look into the camera and just visualize you talking to a high school kid and his parents, mm -hmm. you know, his grandmother, his uncle, people who are going to influence his decision. And tell them why you decided to come to Utah. What makes the Utah University of Utah team culture so, so cool and so unique? So look at this one right here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So basically, the reason why I came here is because the grit, the hunger, and you think about it, Utah is really underdogs to everybody else. When when they show highlights or they talking about football, they never bring up Utah. So. I'm the type to – I like being an underdog. I like people sleeping on me because I get to prove those people wrong. So um, that's one of the, that's one reason why. And the other reason is why they opened, me, they opened up to me with open arms and brought me in like I've been here for decades, like, I, like I'm from Utah. So that's another reason. And uh, another reason is why is because you want to go to the NFL. This is the place – where they they basically help you get ready for the NFL offense, defense, you name it. You're everything we do, everything work from workouts to meetings is almost like the NFL. So that's another reason why I came here. So if you want to come here and go to the NFL, this is the right place to do it. Academics as well. Academics, they're huge on academics. They Student first, football second. So, and they're they're going to provide you with the with with the help. So, if you don't pass your classes, it's on you. So, um, that's all I really can't help you with. But if you want to come and pick my brain a little bit more about what's going on around here, hey, I'm all I'm all I'm here for you. And uh, nice meeting. You. So, this podcast is brought to you by Master Electrical one of the great sponsors of University of Utah student-athletes. How do we follow you on social media? If somebody wants to open their checkbook and give you a little NIL love, what do we do? <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at LegendaryJ, L-E-G-3-N-D-A-R-Y-J-A-A-Y. I wish I could have repeated that back, but no way <laughs> Okay, but just rewatch rewatch this uh, podcast if you need to get that again. So, Jaquindon, yeah, just know from 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 me to you, you know, former athlete and a proud dad and huge fan. You're just one of the finest young men, and you know it's kind of cool as you look into the stands. Baylor, 
it looked like a home Utah game. Pac-12 looks like a home game. Utah fans were not only a great traveling fan base, but the reason why we are is because you represent us so well. We're so proud to be associated with you, Jaquinta. Thank you so much for being that amazing young man off the field who just happens to wear number three and runs like the wind on the field. So it's the perfect <laughs> combination character class and, uh, and, and, uh, and some serious mojo. Thanks so much for being a guest. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks, man. God bless. God bless you too. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.